0: welcome to the what they hardly warned us about voice of the victims podcast where we become the voice for the victims here we'll talk about domestic violence toxic relationships manipulation control sex money third-party interference and the lack of help that many people who are in toxic relationships don't receive here's your host tisha jones
1: hey everybody this is tisha from the what they hardly warned us about voice of the victims podcast and i want to welcome you thank you for joining us i am excited about having you all as listeners and if you want to know a little bit about me and who i am as i've uh, constantly mentioned then check me out on my facebook page at fewwarnings.com as you all know Things like domestic violence, toxic relationships, sex, money, and marriage, and relationships are very important to me because I just don't think those things get dealt with properly as they should because in domestic violence and toxic relationships, there's a lot of help that the victims need and a lot of blows that they take. And sometimes they just don't feel like they're understood. Hence to this podcast, I wanted to let you know. That's why it's named Voice of the Victims, that you have a voice. And I try to give you great tools that you can go on to say, not only do I understand, I'm on your side. And here are some tools that you can go on to help you have a great prosperous life. Many people have done it. They crawled out of pits with so-called people who claim to love them. And they went on to enjoy great lives. So before we get started, if you're listening to us on social media, then hit that subscribe button. If you're listening to us on YouTube, yes, hit that subscribe button or follow button so you can get more great episodes delivered to you on a regular basis. And again, if you're listening to YouTube on your phone, then turn on your notifications. If you're listening on any podcast holster, then follow me, follow, follow, follow me, please. Now let's get right into it. The last episode that I dealt with, it was called De-Weaponizing the Culprit. And I read to you an article from a young woman named Keisha from the website This Husband Manta. And she dealt quite a bit, very touchy, so on why a lot of times we as women withhold sex, why men get sex withheld from them. And it was a very touchy article. So I know that it ruffled feathers and it caused quite a bit of defensiveness because as I said later on in the article, I've heard those arguments come up and I've heard women express why they felt the way that they felt only to get shot down because it's a very touchy subject that if as a man, if as a woman, you're not prepared to hear the negative answers, then people have a tendency to resort around pride and defensiveness. So again, Let's get right into it. Again, as I said, we're back from on the What They Hardly Warned Us About, Voice of the Victims podcast, and we're going to jump right in. A lot of times when we think about people using sex as a weapon, they think of the wife withholding sex from her husband in order to get something that she wants. You said I can't have a washer, so I'm going to withhold sex until you buy me the washer that I want. You said that I can't have ABCXYZ, so I'm not going to give you sex until you get me what I want. I have a lot to say on that, but I'll go forth on that with other episodes. Now, while I know that women will withhold sex in order to get the husband's attention about something, there is another avenue that I want to talk about in using sex as a weapon. Now, I think that it needs to be dug deeper. Yes, I'm saying it. I am saying it. I think that it needs to be dug deeper if women withhold sex to get their spouse's attention about something. Because the thing is, and I'm not saying that it's right, they're not being heard somewhere. And many times I was told about an incident that happened. A friend of mine read it to me from a book that there was a man who he felt that since his wife was a stay-at-home wife and he made all the money, then she didn't have anything to do with the decisions in the house. And she didn't like that, so she withheld sex. Well, the sex wasn't the issue. The issue of him feeling that since I make the money, I make all the decisions, that was the issue. And unfortunately, according to how my friend read the book, read in the book, that issue wasn't dealt with. And I didn't like that. I I, I didn't particularly care for that. So I really want to divulge into some of these things we're going to talk about. Number one, manipulation. Some spouses will have you believe that if you don't satisfy them, they will be in a lot of marital trouble and prone to temptation. As a result, you have to meet their needs quite frequently. However, when the uh, other spouse, the neglected spouse, brings up that their needs aren't being met either, then I've heard all too well, too many times, if you make the sacrifice first, then your needs will be met. In other words, do for me now, and I may do for you later. So I'm telling you, you need to satisfy me because I go out into the world. I see pretty girls. I see handsome guys. And if you don't do this for me, you're going to make me prone to temptation. But then my spouse lets me know, well, honey, I respect that I do, but I had a long list of needs that I needed you to meet for years that you haven't done. And instead of saying, okay, let's roll up our sleeves and let's get down to it. Then I say, okay, okay, Well, if you take care of me now, it'll make me be more about the business of taking care of you. Now, I want you to consider that. Does that sound like something that a person with a heart full of love would do? Does that sound like someone who is really interested in making their marriage work or get their own needs met? We try to instill in our spouses that as a man, my needs are important far more than your petty female emotional needs. If you don't want me in temptation with other women, then you have to have sex with me quite frequently. On the other hand, women may have a tendency to say the same thing in their realm. Honey, my emotional needs haven't been met. Now Johnny is looking extra good to me at work. He wouldn't be looking this good if you would do what you're supposed to do in our marriage. I need a romance. And if you don't want me thinking about Johnny when I'm with you, then you need to be nicer to me. While physical needs for the man and the emotional needs for the woman are very important, in both of these examples, the other is putting their needs above their spouse's needs while belittling their spouse's needs. My needs are more important. You need to hit my needs so you will be happier. Not only are they trying to get their spouses to do for them, but it's clear that they're not doing for their spouses. It's clear... That the spouses who are being put under scrutiny aren't happy and are suffering from the emotional and physical withdrawals. When that particular spouse brings out that they're being neglected, the demanding spouse will begin to talk them down by trying to make them feel, you need to do for me first, then I may do for you. Did you notice that? May. I may do for you. No guarantee. No promises. But one thing is solidified, you have to do for me. In addition to manipulation, you know what else I see in this scenario? Selfishness. Now, before we go any further, because we're going to get into some touchy stuff, I'm going to talk to you about one of our sponsors that's helping us out. Again, it's Marriage Fitness. Marriage Fitness with Mort Fertel is an alternative to counseling. It's the most successful marriage crisis program in the world. And he wants to help you fix your marriage. You'll find seven steps to fixing your marriage. And here are some questions that a lot of people ask. Why is it that marriage counseling fails? I've had marriage counseling and it has failed. Even after you've tried to do everything to make it work. How do you rebuild broken trust? Some people have trust issues. How do you deal with the I don't love you? How do you get over the past? How do you forgive and be forgiven? How do you avoid separation? How do you reconnect with a spouse? How do you ruin the affair? I have a lot to say on that, but I won't. How do you get the spouse to change? Plus you get five marriage assessments. So therefore, if you're dealing with someone who is putting their needs above yours, you might want to jump on. Um, A little marriage help, a little marriage work. Do what is necessary to try to save your marriage. You will find the link in the description box if you're listening on YouTube. If you're listening on podcasts, then you will go to www.fewwarnings.com forward slash resources. And you'll look under the link marriage fitness and you'll read all what you need to read and decide if you want it and besides that you get a marriage assessment for free so you have absolutely nothing to lose and I hope you jump all over it so let's get back into the article we left off where a person you have a spouse dealing with selfishness who's complaining about sexual withholding but you find that they're really selfish here we have two separate individuals putting their needs above their spouse's needs. Now, there is no denying that one spouse isn't getting their needs met, but it is also clearly made that the spouse who is being demanded for their needs to be met isn't making their spouse happy either. Sadly, instead of dealing with this issue, they use manipulation in order to get what they want. They try to convince them if they don't get their needs met, then bad stuff is gonna happen to their marriage and it's gonna be your fault because you didn't do for me like you were supposed to. What the empty spouse wants or needs is of no consequence at all to the selfish spouse. Again, that's selfishness and love is not selfish. When I initially started dealing with this podcast, I started to talk about toxic relationships and I think that it's probably fair to go right back into the definition of what a toxic relationship is. And again, I got this off of healthmag.com. By definition, a toxic relationship is a relationship characterized by behaviors on the part of the toxic partner that are emotionally and not infrequently physically damaging to their partner. While a healthy relationship contributes to our self-esteem, emotional energy, a toxic relationship damages self-esteem and drains energy. Let's note the difference between a healthy relationship versus a toxic relationship. A healthy relationship involves mutual care, respect, compassion, and interest in the other partner's welfare growth, and ability to share, and decision-making. In short, a shared desire for each other's happiness. Get that. A shared desire for each other's happiness. A healthy relationship is a safe relationship, a relationship where we can be ourselves without fear, a place where we feel comfortable and secure. Meditate on that one for a bit. A toxic relationship, on the other hand, is not a safe place. A toxic relationship is characterized by insecurities, self-centeredness, dominance, and control. We risk our very being by staying in such a toxic relationship. To say a toxic relationship is dysfunctional at best, that's an understatement. Now, when you listen to the definition of what a healthy relationship is, Versus a toxic relationship, there is no side. There is no room for one-sided satisfaction in a healthy relationship. You might have to consider, even though I know that many times we have to grow up. You know, a twenty-year-old spouse is very different from a forty-year-old spouse. A lot, a lot, 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 lot of growth and maturity there. But when you are dealing with people who want to give. In other words, as I said, toxic relationships are ruled by domination and control. It's about me, 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 me. Do for me, 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 me. In spite of what you're getting or not getting out of the relationship. Many times when you're dealing with an individual who makes you feel that you have to do for them, and if you don't do for them, then you will cause the marriage damage. And you have to realize that, another force is taking place. The guilty and demanding spouse won't stop to take inventory of their behavior. They won't make the necessary sacrifices to improve themselves or the marriage. That's not their job. That's your job. You are supposed to do all the work. You are supposed to work hard on them and the marriage in order to make it easy for them to do what they don't want to do in the first place. As a result, they convince you it's your job to work on them. That is called controlling behavior. If they're trying to control you mentally as well as emotionally, if they wanna get you to think and feel that you have to give more in order for them to reciprocate, you have to give more in an effort to get them to do what they should be doing all along than you're dealing with controlling behavior. Now, here are some steps that will help us understand why some spouses avoid the dastardly duty because they're dealing with this inside of their marriage. It's more than just hubby didn't talk to me all day and he didn't help me with the chores. I want to go a little bit below the surface. I want to go a lot deeper than that and not just what hubby isn't doing for you. It could be the other way around altogether. It could be the wife that's guilty, you know, and the husband, is starving, you know, for emotional and physical affection. But it's more than just, you didn't do what I wanted you to do, so I am avoiding you straight across the board until you deal with it. I want to show you why some people, a deeper perspective, as to why some people avoid sex. Number one, spouses who are dishing out the bad behavior, the bad manipulative, unfair behavior, don't want to be treated the same way. In other words, they are not going to like it if the shoe was on the other foot. They're not going to want to take what they dish out. The neglected spouse realizes this and as time goes on, the love of the physical and the emotional affection will get squashed out. In other words, I want you to go out of your way for me, but I'm not going to be willing to go out of my way for you. I want you to understand that you need to sacrifice for me, but I'm not going to do it for you. You do that one time too many. Do it one time too many and you will destroy what you already had. You'll destroy someone. You'll rip them apart. And remember, that's not healthy behavior. That's not someone that's mutually interested in your well-being. Number two, defensiveness. What's sad and unfair is that the spouse that is so demanding does not want to hear that they're unfair. Sadly, when you bring their intimate selfishness or unfairness to their attention, they get very angry and defensive. You can't talk to them about it. They're shutting you down. You can't talk to them about it. What's funny is that they can easily tell you that you're not making them happy sexually or emotionally, but you can't tell them the same thing. Their pride is hit. However, they never thought once about your pride when they were busy telling you about you. They wanted to tell you that you're not hitting the mark. However, they never thought about how painful it would be for you to hear the exact same thing. They need for you to know that you're not measuring up to par. So get to it, brother. Get to it, sister. But when you go deep and you say, I'm unhappy because... Again, you can't have such conversations because the person gets so defensive. And I've even seen it where you have a heart-to-heart conversation with another individual and to hide it, because we're dealing with controlling behavior too, to hide it, the individual decides to make you feel like you've totally destroyed me so I can't go on. You ripped me to shreds. That's just their way of weaseling out of the conversation and having the audacity to blame you For having the nerve, the courage to bring their bad behavior to their attention in the first place. Number three, some spouses downplay the needs of the other spouse. Some people treat their needs like they're high on the totem pole. As a result, they should have all of the attention. However, they treat their spouse's needs as if they are trivial and optional. Therefore, they make that spouse feel like their needs are unimportant. Can we say Selfish. Sometimes men treat a woman's needs as if they're childish and unimportant. However, they expect that woman to treat them as if they're the king of the hill. Let me ask you something. How in the world do you expect a queen to treat you like a king when you're treating her like your maid or personal servant? Stop and think about it for a moment. Likewise, some women treat a man's needs as if they are primitive and basic in other words they see the man as a piece of flesh and that has only one need to make him happy they see him as me tarzan you jane come since they don't see his needs as important they find it easy to shut him down while expecting him to treat her like Queen Bee. And I'm not talking about Beyonce, I'm talking about a literal Queen Bee. The term Queen Bee has been very old. You actually can trace it back to school where you usually had one girl who act like she ran everything and everybody had to cater to her needs. Bad memories coming back to me. As I mentioned before, how in the world do you expect a king to treat you like a queen when you're treating him like your butler or personal servant? For either of these examples, how do you expect to be treated well if you are being disregarding toward the other? This isn't hard to figure out. But again, I've definitely heard people say, whether in Christian settings or whether doctors and whatnot on YouTube, giving talk shows and whatever, that if the wife just, if the wife just, if the wife just, some people, including the man, they have given so much they are burned out. But a selfish person, I've learned, will not jump up to the matter and meet the other person's needs when they see the damage that they've done. If they won't meet the person's needs when it was small, when it was just a little root. Now it's a garden full of weeds. That person is not about to get out there and weed, you know, that whole garden to make it beautiful again. They're just going to keep doing whatever they do and leave the neglected spouse out there to for themselves. Now, this podcast is getting a little bit longer than I wanted it to. So we are going to cut off right here and we are going to uh, go into a part three because it's just getting a little bit long and I don't want it to be ultra long. But before we go, we want to talk about another sponsor that's helping us out. And I talk about this person. This has been in my podcast from the very beginning, and that's online therapy speaking from personal experience i know what it feels like to go get counseling with other people be it family members be it spouse be it people on the job whatever i know what it feels like when you mean business but that other person doesn't want to do what is necessary i remember getting to a point where it became about me in other words i'm focused on me i want to do us right i'm tired of trying to go help somebody get to where they need to be while they're running me down forget them it's about me so i definitely encourage you if you find yourself in this situation whatever scale you're on get help self-help is not selfish self-care is not selfish and as i talk about online therapy you know you keep hearing me say they're not like other therapy sites it's a complete toolbox You will get all the tools and support you need to be happier. As I say, online therapy knows how difficult and inexpensive and time-consuming it can be to get face-to-face therapy appointments today in your hectic schedule. They know how lonely and unsupported you can feel in between sessions because maybe not all psychologists or psychiatrists allow you to email them between sessions. I've been there. I've gotten therapy. No more. This is therapy on your terms online therapy is very private and on your terms just follow the link in the description box and you will enjoy 20 percent on your first month the link will be in the description box if you're listening on uh, social media or youtube if you're listening on a podcast site then definitely go to my website www.fewwarnings.com forward slash resources and you will see The previous one that I talked about, marriage fitness, and you'll see online therapy. If you are in a toxic relationship, you want to find your way back to you. So we are going to stop right here and we are going to go into a part three and we are hoping for a happier you. So stay with us, jump all over that subscribe button, follow button, and continue to be my friend. And also comments, comments, comments. Let me hear your comments. You take care. Bye.
0: You've been listening to the What They Hardly Warned Us About Voice of the Victims podcast with Tisha Jones. If you enjoyed today's show, be sure to tell a friend and leave your comments. Also, make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Spotify. Finally, if you find that you need help in any facet of your life, please visit our website, www.ewarnings.com/resources or any video on our YouTube channel, what they hardly warned us about. For valuable links to help you get the help you need. Remember, the bravest thing you can do is ask for help. See you next time. Bye-bye.